Anyway, since we seem to be out of witnesses, I thought I'd drink a little. We're talking right now. So, good afternoon, Tyler. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great. You poured me a great drink. Uh, tell me about this. What am I drinking? I did. Um, we are, you may notice this is not my home office. Uh, this is not Tyler's home office. We are in the premises working as you would um, on any given day in the office. Um, so because of that, um, our surrounding is slightly different, but I do not have the mixings for the straight law cocktail. So we've had to make do with what we keep around the office in case of emergencies. So what I've done is I've got a bottle from Costco of Woodford Reserve Fine Bourbon. And I've mixed two uh, bourbon sours. One for me, one for Tyler. Uh, which is just a mixture of uh, bourbon, simple syrup, and lemon. So how is it? It's good, yeah, very good. It's not a girly drink? I think you maybe asked me if that was a girly drink. You know what? The bourbon that... Uh... There's, no, there's no whipped cream on the top of it. That's what, you know, makes something a girly drink. <laughs> there's no umbrella, so I don't think I have to be embarrassed. I don't <laughs> And I'm not seeing clients today. So if because of the COVID, our doors locked, we are in separate offices. Uh, I wouldn't be wearing my Hard Rock Athens t-shirt um, where I meet with a client and a tie and a suit. I look like a lawyer. Um, you're looking a little more dapper with a butt shirt and everything. At least there's buttons, I guess. That's something. <clears throat> so yeah. I thought we'd shift gears a little bit. Um, you know, I was having breakfast this morning and I'm on my iPad looking at the news and you can't turn on news or Twitter today without a plethora of thoughts, opinions, reporting on the George Floyd uh, death at the hands of a police officer in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, and then the resultant uh, riots that have been taking place, lootings, according to some. Um, and it caused me pause. Uh, I've worked with, uh, I've been a lawyer for 34 years. I was with the Law Society for several years. I've worked with Access to Justice for several years. And at the heart, it seems to me, of what's happening in, in Minneapolis right now is uh, a sense of frustration with particularly Black people in the United States, definitely in Minneapolis, that feel like uh, the law is not treating them equally, that they have a risk at the hands of police that other people don't have. I think that's fair to say is the source of a lot of their frustration. And the thing that struck me was sometimes as Canadians, we get pretty smug, I think, um, as we look south of the border and we, you know, point at Donald Trump with ridicule and others. What do you think? Do you think Canada is significantly better in terms of standards of justice than the United States? What are your thoughts, Tyler? I think we've got the same system, right? I mean, we've got the same the same judicial system, essentially, that they've got. Um, and it, But we, there is this contrast where we don't seem to have the, um, 
well, at least not the rioting and the big social movements that seem to be happening in the U.S. for the last at least several years, you know, Black Lives Matter kind of movement uh, that we've seen that's been, you know, important. So, yeah, we haven't seen that here. And that's interesting as to why there's a difference in Canada. Yeah. And so what do you attribute that to? Well, I mean, clearly we have a smaller population and we do seem to have less, uh, you know, I mean, less violent encounters. It's, I, I would think, I mean, I, I'll admit, we don't prep for these things and I haven't put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, I mean, we, it seems like Canada doesn't have the same uh, number of violent encounters uh, that the U.S. does. Maybe that's because we've got a smaller population. Maybe it's our stricter gun control. Uh, maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think it's complex. I think too many people simplify everything and they say, well, depending on what side of the spectrum we're on, the, uh, one side might say, well, we just don't have, the smug people would say, we're not as racist as Americans. Oh, so sure about that. Um, other people would say we have a better social safety net, so there's not that same sense of alienation, perhaps, that those that are uh, at the bottom of the socioeconomic scale feel that they perhaps do in the United States. Yeah. Um, uh, the history of racial tension is somewhat unique. We, we didn't have the Civil War in Canada. Yeah, of course. Um, slavery does not have the same uh, connotation in, in Canada as it does in the United States, but we do have, I think, some fairly significant issues in dealing with Aboriginal culture in Canada. Right did see a shooting some years back at Oka. Right, we yeah. We that, where a person was killed. Um, so let's draw a parallel there. So tell me, so that one, that shooting you're referring to, much as I recall was, was yeah, it was um, sort of an Aboriginal group who felt as if there was some injustice. They weren't yeah, there was some issue about land claims. And uh, right. without simplifying too much, you, you had an Aboriginal group feeling like their claims or their interests were not respected and they sought to establish uh, by force on some level uh, their entitlement and um, police were called in. Um, I think armed forces, if I recall, were called in. And at some point there was a shooting. It got to, to that stage. Yeah. Um, now, you know, we haven't seen rioting like you've mentioned. Uh, right happened in uh, Missouri and Ferguson, now in Minneapolis. Yeah. Other examples of that. But I think, to me, what that gets to, and it's kind of why I brought it up today, is that this broader notion of justice and why we should give a shit, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, as, a, as a humanitarian, we should care when the government takes a life, perhaps without any justification, appears to potentially be the case in Minneapolis. But what about to your own sense of personal safety and contentment, I suppose? Should yeah. you care? Does it actually matter? And, and I tweeted this morning, and this is kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. It, it, it's interesting that we, we watched this, this horrible situation where George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis. And then we see the riots that are going on. Yeah. Um, but yet most of us, in my experience, don't think justice is our issue. 
It's not my problem. I'm not getting arrested. I'm not in court. Um, and I guess my sense is justice is a pretty big issue, even if it doesn't touch us directly. And so if you have a segment of your community that doesn't feel like they matter or that they are listened to, like other people, particularly people with money, that can lead to significant problems. And you're sort of seeing, I think, police and minorities in the United States, particularly um, uh, black people, uh, really being the canaries, in my opinion, in the coal mine, where you have heightened conflict. But at the source of that, uh, I think there is a real issue of justice in the sense that uh, police are frustrated. They feel like there's a heightened risk to them, probably. And it causes some officers, possibly or probably, to do things that are really offensive. Um, and you see uh, other people that are disproportionately in contact with the police because of their socioeconomic and yep. social difficulties. Right. And so they're, they're in a battle that is often ugly, but there's this broader thing. And I think it's, uh, what, what I see in justice is in Canada, and this is why I don't think we should get too smug, you get better and more justice if you've got a pocket full of money. Yeah, there's no question about that, right? People are talking about it. And, and we pretend that it's otherwise, but am I wrong? No, you're not, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I got, I mean, let's look at, I guess, a family law situation that you and I deal with all the time. Uh, if people want what's fair, what's right, what the law says, what the legisl legislation says, you know, they want to get what's fair. Uh, sometimes you're not, you're not going to get there by negotiating, you're not going to get there collaboratively. Sometimes you got to get there, uh, you got to go let a judge decide. And uh, yeah, tons of clients, of course, say, yeah, that's what I want to do. Let's go, let's go push it. If a judge could only hear me, if a judge could only hear me. And I have to tell them, yeah, we're not going to get there. You don't got 30 or 40 grand to deal with that issue uh, to a trial. You know, I got clients who come to me and say, uh, look, I've been arrested. You got to give me a referral to a criminal lawyer. What do I do? Uh, one of the things we got to consider is, well, how serious is the charge and what kind of charge and um, and then how much money do you have? What do you want to spend on this thing? Uh, you know, I can send you some really good lawyers that are really good at, at uh, representing you for this particular issue. Uh, when they're good at it, they charge for it, you know? So you're right about that. Yeah. I had a client uh, who had an impaired charge, um, you know, whether it was right or wrong, whatever. And uh, I referred him to a really good lawyer and, uh, and that lawyer did, uh, I, what, what we call a, a $15,000 guarantee. It was here, you give me 15 grand, I'll go run the trial. If I don't win, you get your money back. And uh, yeah, and he was successful and that's what it costs. Mm -hmm. So you're, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's, that's the system. That's what we're up against sometimes. Yeah. So my concern is, you know, we worry about things like uh, food and necessities, homelessness. Because those seem pretty uh, significant. We talk about um, should we do more to assure that there truly is equal justice for everyone, justice for all. Yeah. Most people are like, no, it's expensive, and most of the people in the system bring it upon themselves. Um, to some degree, that might be correct. But my issue is, if the people that get in front of the judges feel inherently like the system's a little bit fixed, that they're going to do worse because of their economic position than others. 
you kind of end up with a simmering resentment that I think starts to permeate society in a very not so subtle way. And I think maybe we're seeing some of that in the United States in Minneapolis. I think maybe we're seeing some of that in Canada with some of the recent uh, Aboriginal protests that we saw regarding pipeline and whatnot. These are people that are disenfranchised in particular financially to some degree. And they don't get to speak with the same voice when they don't have a high powered lawyer. That's right. That can call. Yeah. I think that's a problem. I think it's a deep problem that we need to think about how we want to address that. So would you say that there's sort of a, a different idea or a different social conception about access to justice compared to access to healthcare or access to education? I think for sure. And I think there's good reasons for that. I mean, we know, I mean, let's not be naive. We have dealt with parties or have represented parties that will go to court on a constant basis. And if there was no impediment financially, they would do it even more than they already do. Right. And so there's probably not, there probably are some, but there's probably not that many people that are going to the doctor on a regular basis because they're agitated about their former partner or some issue. So justice is unique in the sense of um, left without boundaries, it invites waste, right? We know this, we know our own clients, they wanna to go to record about minor issues and say it's better dealt with outside the system and sometimes, no, I want, I want my wife, husband, whoever to be brought on the mat and made to, you know, atone for their wrong. Um, so it's yeah. a bit different than healthcare, but I think, so this is my point though, is when we start seeing people rioting because they feel like they, they don't get heard, uh, maybe it's time for us to ask, um, what is that relating to? Because I think it's too easy to go, well, it's a, it's a, it's a cop that killed a black man. Well, yeah, on, on, the, on the surface, but it's not just that, obviously. It's, it's That's lots the of corruption of the volcano. Killing black men, but I think it's even deeper than that. It's, it's a broader segment society that are feeling like they don't matter. Yeah. Right? I think, you know, and here's a great irony. I think Trump getting elected is also a reflection of that same sense of dispossession from government. You got this guy who's this kind of boorish uh, uh, outsider, yeah. challenges the established elite, both in the Republican and the Democratic Party, challenges the established elite uh, in the media, the New York Times and the CNNs of the world. And while people should look at some of the stupid shit he does and go, what the fuck? In fact, I think there's huge segments of society to go, yeah, He's putting his finger in the eye of the establishment in a way that nobody has in my lifetime. And I don't care what he does. I'm going to support this guy because someone is talking to the privileged elite in a way that makes them uncomfortable. And I like that because I've been uncomfortable my whole life and it's about time that she's on the other foot. Yeah. That's to me, that's how we got elected. He appealed to that mass, which is a mass. And that's how we could certainly get elected again. Yeah. Which, you know, Joe Biden, right? I mean, he's pretty establishment. Right, exactly. You know, he's not as ignorant and he's not as much of a bully. And, right. But who knows?
those, but I think with the, but the problem fundamentally is um, people feel ignored. And I think our judicial system goes a long way to contributing to that or to uh, moderating that sense. If people can get in front of judges when they have problems and feel that they can get a fair hearing, mm -hmm. um, I think that contributes to uh, an egalitarian society where people realize they can't always have their way and that where there's a dispute, whether it's a family issue or something, they, they can get in front of a judge and do okay and, and consider that even if they don't win, they got heard. Yeah. And I think by the time you get to a trial or you get in front of a judge, I think our judges do a pretty credible job of allowing people to feel that they're heard. Yeah. But I think that the, uh, the lack of efficiency and the roadblocks that are completely unnecessary, the procedural humps you up to jump um, really go a long way uh, for people going, well, who knows how to navigate these ridiculous, you know, uh, roadways except lawyers. And I can't get a lawyer because I don't have $50,000. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so that's what I got to say about that. Is, that's good. I think you're right. We got to pay some attention to the people who, feel like they aren't heard that that's important yeah no i think you're right and i think you know so i think you know i would say to canadians i did a short video for the nsrlp national self-represented litigants project and they are focused on people that can't afford lawyers how to how do they navigate and uh they operate on a shoestring budget so i'm going to give them a plug here if you got a couple extra dollars look up the nsrlp um, and give them a donation because they're doing work that punches way above their weight to yeah. contribute in a way that helps people feel that they can participate in justice. And so your, your 50 or $100 you give to the SRLP might help uh, avoid the kind of things happen in Minneapolis on some level. Yeah, um, make contributions, right? To to that basic level that needs attention paid to, yeah. So it's uh, kind of my thought. It's not a new thought I've had, but yeah. it's interesting. I don't know if, uh, you, you're probably not on Twitter as much as I am, but uh, Van Jones today is variously popular and vilified. He's, he's a, a black reporter, a commentator on CNN. <clears throat> he kind of made a comment today, like the white, liberal Hillary Clinton supporters are a bigger problem for black people in the United States than the Klan. And, and his point, I think, is, is not that dissimilar from what I'm saying, is there are people having problems, and we got to do more than pat ourselves on the back, saying, well, I'm not a racist, so it's a problem. Yeah. It's, it's those lousy white supremacists. Well, the white supremacists are this minuscule part of our population, but yet somehow visible minorities still feel like they don't get heard or they don't, they don't have the same efficacy. They don't matter. Yeah. I think Van, Van Jones's comment is basically all the secure white people, particularly the liberal people that think they're doing a great job. Maybe they're not. Maybe we've got to do a little more. And I think justice is a part of that. Whether you're arrested by police or you're in a confrontation with police, you should feel reasonably secure that you're going to participate in how that's viewed by a judge. Yeah. Whether you're suing police or being charged with an offense, 
And I don't think people have that sense. I think there's a pretty clear, and I think it's a compelling case that there are two standards of justice. There's one for people with lots of money and there's one for everybody else and they're not the same. And people are gonna probably shit on me about that. But I mean, and I've said this before, um, you're an Aboriginal man charged with an offense. The prime minister of Canada is probably not calling the attorney general to ask you to lay off on that offense, which is what we saw in Canada. Yeah. With, with you know, the, uh, the situation this past couple of years. Yeah. So my comment, it's in the news, it's bothering me. Um, um, and I just thought we'd switch gears a little bit and, and maybe ask people to think a little bit about justice and what they could do to make it better. Yeah. More responsive to everybody. Good. So do we want to end it with that? that Let's end it. That, that's good. Yeah. That's a little bit shorter, a little bit off topic, a little topical maybe. Um, any plans for the weekend? Yeah, I have got a lot of work to catch up on. <laughs> We're still struggling without childcare to make up for our work. So my wife and I, uh, we're going to bring our, my mom into our, uh, into our bubble, our COVID bubble, if you will. So that's going to help relieve the pressure of childcare a little bit so we can each kind of catch up a little on work. So that's my weekend. It's going to be a little bit of work. How about you? Um, no major plans. I got a client coming in on Sunday, oddly enough. But other than that, uh, golfing a little bit tomorrow. I'll probably play a good two or three hours of Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, <laughs> which I'm just addicted to right now. Uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't, but I mean, it's online shooting people. What a juxtaposition for what we've been talking about. A little, uh, yeah, a little irony there, yeah. So anyway, um, so we'll call it a day. Appreciate everyone uh, who watches this. Um, and again, encourage anyone to uh, email or make comments on our YouTube page. And uh, I guess we'll see everyone next week. Have a good weekend, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Whiskey sour. <laughs>